0: Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 96th ever episode of The Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle?
1: I'm great, Cameron. How are you?
0: I'm doing really well. Um, Might as well just go ahead and tell everybody we just recorded our first interview, first ever interview for The Missouri Sports Podcast. So it'll be in this episode. Uh, We'll stick it in there right after the news. So stay tuned for that. And uh, I'll introduce it a little bit later. Um, But yeah, it was really fun. But don't talk too much about it because we'll talk about it later. It was a great interview. (laughs) And,
1: uh, you know, um, who we interviewed didn't necessarily have any super, super strong ties to Mizzou. But I think that there's still a lot of relevant notes um, that you guys will find really interesting. So, um, yeah, it was good.
0: Uh, there hasn't been a whole lot of news this week. So perfect timing to have an interview to take up a big chunk of our, uh, episode. Um, in theory, we'll have a few more of these, uh, interviews coming along. So, um, stay tuned for that. Um, Kyle, I do want to mention, uh, something strange that I saw on the way to the studio today, I saw, this is not related to anything we're going to talk about, I saw a garage sale. Uh, Let's call it a yard sale Okay. However This yard sale was Cleaning products They looked like new And it was like a store shelf Yes sir
1: Was this on college street It was Man I've seen that a time or two
0: So it was just like a table set up With like uh, three things of Tide And three things of Clorox And some bounty And someone was shopping there At this table so I've never seen that before
1: just for cleaning products that was it yeah the quicker picker-upper bounty
0: potentially yeah there, there was yeah those sort of things that's
1: wild yeah so did you stop or are you good on cleaning supplies I might have
0: to stop on the way home and just kind of see what the deals are hmm but I had to share that with you because it was kind of strange that's
1: incredible thanks yeah. for sharing Man, like, I definitely didn't have anything that crazy happen today, so well, lucky you. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, we can't always we can't all you know just have these kind of crazy experiences all the time. Um, should we talk about news? Yeah,
1: yeah, let's do it. There's not okay. much, but let's let's recap a little bit.
0: Um, I want to start off with CJ Walker is transferring from Oregon. CJ Walker, I'm just gonna call him a six-seven forward. I don't know if that's what he actually is but he's a forward of some sort. He was like a top 50 player out of high school. Um, Missouri offered him s- somewhat late in his uh, recruiting process. Um, super athletic, ended up going to Oregon. You talk for a second. I'm going to look up his stats from Oregon. Where is he from? Like I said, I'm going to look him up. You talk about something that doesn't require me to know anything.
1: Um. Well put me in the spot here. Um, I definitely remember his name pretty well you know in the recruiting process. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about him to be honest or what his, uh, what his experience was like at Oregon, but good thing where you're about to tell us.
0: Former top 30 recruit and he said uh, in this article by the Oregon by uh, Oregonlive.com, He said, as the coronavirus has tragically continued to spread across the country, forcing our nation into lockdown, it has given me a lot of time to think about my future and what's in the best interest of my family and our health, both mentally and physically. So uh, he said, members of his family are high risk and with underlying conditions back in his hometown of Sanford, Florida. Mm. So I think the biggest thing for him right now uh, is getting home to be with his family, and uh, I guess he's going to sort out the
1: basketball side of things uh, in the future. So you're not projecting him to transfer to Missouri necessarily, sounds like?
0: No, I think uh, at the time, it seemed like he was going to go to Miami, and Oregon was a little bit of a surprise, in my opinion. I thought he was going to go to Miami, so that would be probably the number one team on my list to get his services at this point. Although, um, anytime a former Mizzou recruit is back on the menu folks um anytime they're back folks you got to just uh reach out and see if there's any mutual interest there
1: Mm.
0: that's all for basketball this week (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the nba is starting back up
1: yeah i know i'm excited about it yeah never been excited about the nba
0: i i have before but yeah i'm happy that it's different
1: you're jumping in jante's gonna play potentially i saw that he will at least be on on the the roster roster he'll be there
0: in orlando that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, Mizzou uh, social medias were tweeting and posting about uh, Jordan Clarkson. Uh, Damari Carroll still still doing his thing with the Houston Rockets, who I think just announced that Trevor Ariza is is foregoing the Orlando bubble. Mm-hmm. So um, similar position as uh, Damari Carroll, so maybe he'll get a little bit more playing time there for Houston. And, uh, yeah, super intrigued to see if Jante will play even a single minute Mm -hmm. odds are he won't you know just be a bench player but uh teams are losing guys every minute to just not just electing not to participate yeah how about football
1: news uh there wasn't a whole lot um really not a whole lot of news not a whole lot of news but there was a uh transfer from kentucky a specialist to like punter slash kicker who's going to He's going to be a graduate transfer. He's going to transfer to Missouri. And uh, he handled the kickoffs last year for Kentucky. So uh, it looks like we're definitely going to have a quarterback battle. We're definitely going to have a kicker slash punter battle. So that'll be something interesting to watch. I know there's a lot of young guys on on the uh, on currently on Missouri's roster uh, that might be able to secure that job. Uh, or maybe they'll just kind of split it all up. I don't know.
0: Yeah. In theory, I mean, you could have three different players – one handling field goals, one handling kickoffs, one handling punts. Mm-hmm. Um, but like we saw with uh, Tucker McCann last year, you can also have one player do all three of those things. So,
1: mm-hmm. which is probably not ideal. Right. But uh, this guy's name is Grant McInnes, by the way. So, and if I didn't say that, he he played his first three years at Kentucky. So, uh, w- interesting to watch what happens there uh, on the recruiting front. Uh, Tyler Macon has uh, been spending some time at the Elite Eleven camp, which is for kind of uh see quarterbacks who are going to be b- about to play their senior year elite quarterbacks you could say i was actually about to say elite and i was like well i can't say that because it's called the <laughs> elite 11 so obviously yes it really is elite competition now i mean all the guys that are there are um super talented and and kind of a lot of them are committed to some top schools um so i mean he's he's a three star currently on pr- most recruiting services but you know he's among a lot of four and five star quarterbacks and was outperforming a lot of them according to a lot of the uh recruiting scouts and whatnot so
0: drew Locke, a former elite 11 uh, participant Mm -hmm.
1: yep so uh and for those that don't know tyler Macon is uh, a mizzou current commit uh from east st louis and he has two division one level wide receivers that he goes to high school with as well that missouri is uh is working on so um hopefully i think i really do think missouri will land all three of those guys so um, that's exciting. Um, Tyler Macon, I, I, he's really exciting in his own right. Honestly, I watched some film of him at uh, that competition, and he—I mean, we knew this coming in—that he's a very strong arm. But man, he just really looked like he had a rocket for an arm. And the 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 uh, film that I watched, and he just his just looks very strong, um, very composed. So. Uh, I think that they kind of gave some rankings or whatever, and I think he was ranked fifth out of everybody that was there. So uh, we may see a little recruiting bump for him.
0: You'd love to see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think right now he's like the, according to your rivals, he's the 25th ranked dual purpose quarterback, dual purpose, dual, dual threat.
1: Dual, <laughs> dual threat. <laughs> yeah. dual, dual, I knew what you meant. What dual, other position does he
0: play? Dual purpose. <laughs> Kicker. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh multi-purpose yeah he's a multi-purpose quarterback and uh 25th in the nation so yeah look for that to increase we hope yeah but yeah thinking about getting those two wide receivers along with him man Mm -hmm. and you feel strong you feel strongly you
1: i feel strongly uh Mm. actually their coach uh coach sunkett uh just did a uh an interview um i can't remember who it was with it might have been frank Kusamano or whatever his name is. Uh, I'm not 100% sure how to pronounce his name, but I, he did an interview recently where he said if he had to bet where those guys would end up, it would be Missouri. So. Yes, yes, yes. I remember that now. Mm-hmm. I
0: think you do have the details of that correct.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, Lewis and Lovett are mm. their last names. So. And they're both like four-star wide receivers. So yeah. It's exciting.
0: It is very exciting. Um, are we ready to just introduce our interview now? Yeah, go right ahead. Okay, so... First-ever interview for the Missouri Sports Podcast. His name is Timothy Huskison. I and our producer Cameron and I graduated from Willard High School with him in 2011. <laughs> yes. Uh, I should probably know that. Um, he went on to play college, Division One college basketball at Northern Colorado. Um, so a Springfield native. We talked a bit about his recruitment. We talked a bit about his senior season in high school. It was really eventful, uh, for the state of Missouri as a whole, especially Southwest Missouri. Um, Kyle was, uh, Kyle and I weren't really friends. We knew who each other were, but we weren't really friends like we are now. And, uh, he was at a lot of the Willard games that I was at and we didn't even know it, and so we talked about that a lot. That was really fun. I talked about his recruitment and, uh, his relationship with, uh, or lack thereof with Conzo Martin. And his relationship that he has now with a future Missouri Tiger, Anton Brookshire. So that was really fun. Um, Kyle, you want to give your thoughts? After we'll we'll play the interview, and then afterwards we'll jump back in and uh, discuss some of the things we talked about.
1: Yeah, I think you you covered it pretty well. But um, yeah, I can I can definitely vouch for for Tim's uh, success in high school. He was a fantastic player. I mean, just an absolute beast um, who. Rarely was stopped, uh, at least whenever I was watching him in person. So um, it was it was a really really fun year, 2011 was for like you said for Southwest Missouri, so much talent in the area, Um, and Willard was right there up up with everybody. So um, really uh, really smart, articulate guy. Uh, I think it was a really really good interview.
0: Yep. So uh, enjoy the interview. All right, so we are here with Tim Huskisson. Uh, thousand point score in high school at Willard here in Southwest Missouri, thousand point score at Northern Colorado. Um, I had this written down and now I forgot it. Uh, 2018 Missouri sports hall of fame, Filbert five honoree. We'll talk about that in a little yeah. bit. Uh, yeah. Thanks for being on with us, Tim. We appreciate it.
2: Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm honored, man.
0: Um, We go back, uh, you and I and producer Cameron, that's what we call him around here. uh, We graduated from Willard together. And uh, so I wanted to take it all the way back to that at the beginning here. Um, There were some noteworthy uh, games and stuff that kind of popped into my head. Uh, We'll Mm -hmm. start with uh, what potentially is almost definitely a bad memory. Uh, This is one I just remembered was you getting hurt. You already know where I'm going with this. Was that, I wonder. Was that at Marshfield? It was at Lebanon. Right, right, right. I wasn't there in attendance. Nine years ago. So can you just kind of go through that story a little bit?
2: So, um, just kind of the backstory behind that whole kind of week. Um, my honestly, no one expected me to kind of, I guess, blossom would be the word. I mean, it was, I was kind of a late bloomer, um, And uh, so there was a lot of hype going into that game because those dudes talk a lot of smack. (laughs) And so uh, we were just chiming in a little bit on social media about the game, and I was like, I'm going to go off. Like, get ready. And it's not what, like, the media is today, but, like, for sure it was kind of a big deal. Um, And so got to a good start. I don't know the – I mean, I know I got to a pretty good start um, that game, and I got a breakaway layup. I got a steal and um went up for a dunk um I think I scored the bucket and a kid either I don't want to say that he did it on purpose but um sometimes like when a guy's a good athlete guys don't expect them to to do some of the things they do right. so like I think like if he would have just I mean like there was nothing he could have done but I don't think he expected me to do what I did. Yeah. And so he just kept running and ended up connect. We ended up connecting bodies while I was like at the rim. And obviously, you know, you get sweaty palms. And I just tried. I tried to roll over. I know All I know is the last thing I remember is trying to, like, turn over. And my feet kept going, and I landed flat on my face. Mm-hmm. So um, from there, I was out stoned. Like, I don't remember a single thing that happened from that point. Um, Like, um, until I actually got in the amlets, and that's kind of another crazy story too, but kind of the ending result of that was I was blacked out. I was responsive, but I was blacked out. And, um, there was a lady that was at Lebanon. They were renting a room for like a church of it. And she actually prayed for me. And that was like the first time, like, that's the first thing that I can actually remember. Um, And it was weird. Her name's Lisa Ann, actually. I know her pretty well. We stayed in touch. But that was, like, such a crazy experience. But, yeah, uh, my boys, we pulled it out, got the dub. And I remember the team came out to the hospital afterwards. And um, fortunately enough, I didn't break any bones. Um, Zero, zero, like, injury, like, major injuries. I just had a concussion. A lot of swelling. um, A lot of swelling. (laughs) Um, I actually have a picture I actually have a picture like till this day it's on my facebook um like hours after it happened it's like a golf ball right (laughs) on my face um and so that was kind of like i mean that was a way to kick off like i don't know how many games that was in i think it might have been five or six but (laughs) a way to start a season it was the day before my 18th birthday as well (laughs) yeah so yay (laughs) i remember
0: you i remember you coming back to school and it well i think me just hearing about it, it was just like a crazy story. And I think even one of the guys brought me into, uh, like the, like maybe uh coach K's office or something. And we watched yeah. the game film of you yeah. falling. And it was just like, <laughs> Holy cow. And yeah. Everybody was, that was there said it was like one of the worst things they've, they'd ever seen.
2: Yeah. Uh, definitely like, you know, that those type of injuries, I mean, like you can go back to like the, the Louisville game where the kid, you know, had that catastrophic injury mm-hmm. or when Paul George got hurt, mm-hmm. you know, and like those were like legs, you know, like most people don't die from leg injuries. Right. It's like I landed completely on my face um, and honestly walked out of the gym, yeah. you know, like that's the crazy part is I don't, I don't remember it, but I walked out of the gym and it's something that like it's crazy like I, you know, I went through a whole college career and uh, overseas career like n- not having tattoos and like all of a sudden it just kind of hit me in like game perspective and like that was why which is because nine years later um, you know nine years later you know somebody actually I was in Marshfield which is crazy you just said that <laughs> I was in Marshfield someone from Lebanon was at the game and goes yo I was a sophomore sitting on the bench it happened right in front of me thank God you're okay and and that was, um, I believe that was, it was literally the 10th. So um, he had, he remembered nine years later on the day of the, like, of that in- incident. So it's just, there's no such thing as coincidence. Like, it's just kind of a different type of perspective. Like, it's crazy.
1: Tim, I'm like Cameron. Uh, I want to ask you about some good memories. <laughs> um, that 2011 right. season was, was crazy, man. Um, like, like you said, I, I was a student at Kickapoo. And just being a, mm-hmm. a huge sports fan, I, I was really into just the area basketball scene that year. And I mm-hmm. remember uh, just everybody was good that year, man. And obviously, uh, you were at Willard and um, like a young Austin Reuter at Nixa and Avery Dingman mm-hmm. at Branson and Doriel Greenbeckham at Hillcrest. And just everybody mm-hmm. was good, man. Um, so I had a lot of fun just watching everybody. I think I got to see almost every team in the area um, that season. But do you have any specific memories that stand out about your senior year?
2: uh a couple or actually a few um, so like I remember it was what's weird like when you have an injury, like playing piggybacking off that injury like when you have an injury you don't know how you're gonna respond And so like the next games after that we went um geez it's gonna kill it's gonna crush me because I don't I can't think of the school. It's uh out near Lake of the Ozarks uh, Camden. Camdenton. Camdenton so we had Camdenton Corey Weiland was our point guard. He hit a layup at the buzzer to win the game. Now, uh, I mean, like, that was a huge win for us. It wouldn't have been a game, in my opinion, if I had played. But, like, huge – like, that was a huge, like, moral victory for us because, like, guys had to go get – like, our our, t- our team got better because, like, I got hurt, you know. Um, and so then that we won that game. We played Marshfield. And they were a young team. I mean, they had—I uh, don't remember the last. I only the only kid I can remember was Utah Finley, and another kid named Jared. I can't—I re- can't remember recollect his last name, but um, he was like they were young and they were talented. You know, they were a pretty good, pretty good team. Had a pretty young but strong core. Uh, we went into their we went into their gym and lost, um, and that was tough. That was—I think that was our first loss of the season. And then um, we hosted Parkview. That was my first game back. And Corey Tillery, hands down, is one of the most talented. I mean, actually, he's the most under-talented but still extremely athletic kid. I mean, he averaged a double-double. Mm-hmm. And um, he was it, it, and he was an All-American at Evangel. So that, I mean, you're not an All-American by chance. It doesn't happen on accident.
1: Yeah, he lived um, on my floor at Evangel, actually. Um, great, great player. Wow.
2: Great player. And I always tell him he's one of the best basketball players I've ever played in high school. I mean, he just had will to win, and he got the job done. Um, so we lost to them, and they had a pretty good team. And then literally the next day, it was a Monday game, and then our Tuesday game, we played Hillcrest at Hillcrest. Oh, yeah. And that was a media – that was a media com, a media com game. Um, and so I had – I played against Parkview. I struggled. Um, I remember having, like, cramps, like – like, I, I was, like, getting spasms in my, ankle, uh, in, my in my hamstrings, uh, just, like, kind of going into shock because I hadn't played. I mean, it's crazy. I didn't play, like, two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I probably played, you know, the year before, 60, 70 games, you know, with my travel schedule and AU, AU team that I was playing for. Um, and then we played Hillcrest. I had a good game. Skyler Frazier, who played at CFO, had a great game. Um, like he kind of had the responsibility of guarding Doriel and did a, I mean, did as good as you did as well as you can do against a kid who's destined for the NFL. Yeah. Um, and, uh, we got that victory and it was, a, it was a end of the game win. I think I hit two free throws to win it.
0: I think I remember Um, you and Doriel going back to back and then maybe back again on three pointers in the fourth quarter.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we did. Um, and, what, and and that was so cool. Like that, I, I, that was like a huge, like I'm back kind of, kind of statement game for me. Um, but it, well, I didn't do it alone, obviously, but I mean, it was like a huge kind of, yeah, I had this incident or this injury or this really like career ending, almost career ending experience, but like, I still get to play this game, you know? And, and so that was a big one for me and i think probably the last one was um nixa i believe was ranked number like we were ranked one in the state Yep. and uh that was they played us at nixa and from the time that they walked in the gym i just knew we were gonna win um i could probably tell you the stat line uh of three of like i had 28 Skyler had 23 and kyle raby had like 21. um like I mean, they had no chance. We beat them by like thirty, and <laughs> I think that put everybody, like, oh man, this Willard team's actually really, really good. Yeah. And, and, and they were talented. I mean, they, and and like they had guys that were really good at basketball. But I think honestly, it was like those kids had a really good feel for each other. Like, I mean, they were any any time a highlight could take place. I mean, Cameron Bundy has a national championship. He was on that team. Um, at Drury, uh, Jordan uh, Jordan Epps, he has a national ch- championship. He was on that team. He was six men off the bench. So, um, talk about talent, you know. Like Austin Reuber went to Missouri State and then finished up at Oral Roberts. I mean, it was just ridden with. Ben Fisher was at Drury. I think he won a national championship. So, like, to beat them, and then like later they have accolades. You know, it's just like, yeah, that our team was pretty pretty solid. You
0: know? yeah, and then the end of the season, uh playing in sectionals against Branson, yeah um, we don't have to dwell on it too much, but
2: <laughs> it's okay. I yeah. made peace with it. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> the student section was pretty raucous and uh very yeah. upset at the the final call of that game, um, yeah, where we thought you should have been at the free throw line,
2: yeah. Um, I think like see what's crazy is I grew up with every single like I saw every official from the time that I was eight years old so I had relationship with all of them I worked at the courts um, which was like a was where like I mean anybody who plays basketball that's around our generation probably got their start at the courts Mm -hmm. Um, and those guys you know in their off seasons and and whatnot, like, they were all there. So, and I worked there. So I had a relationship with all of them. Um, and some of them were good, and some of them were just, like, surfaced, but I had a relationship with them. Um, I think because I had a relationship with them, it, it compromised the game for me, maybe. Um, at the same time, like, things happen for a reason. So from the time the ball, like, from the time it was a jump ball, I remember the first play, it was, like, Avery Dingman, Dingman, was like a serious push off. I mean, like, man, it was crazy. It was a crazy push off. Uh, I ended up on the ground. Crowd is lo- losing it. Oh yeah, <laughs> he hit the three to start the game. Yeah, he hit the three to start the game. Right? Um, I go here we go. Like literally, that's what I thought. Here we go. And what people don't understand was we had played Branson three times that year and, and only won one of the three. Um. We beat, we, I mean, it was a very convincing win. Um, second round of blowing gold. And then we played them in Branson. And it was the, it was the same environment. Like what we saw sectionals was the same thing we experienced um, at their place. It's, can you have hard feelings? Did it tear me up? Yeah, sure. But in all retrospect, like I, that experience, you know, I carried that over, you know, for my whole college career and kind of fueled me, and Avery Damon was literally one of the, at the time, was one of the best basketball players in the area. I mean, he was a highlight. He was a, and he came out of nowhere. I mean, sophomore year, no one thought he was anything. Junior year, kind of flew under the radar. We beat them that year, and then senior year, he's dunking on everybody. You know, he's, so, they were a good team, and he wasn't the only guy on their team. I mean, Bishop's, Coach Bishop's a Hall of Fame coach. So, you know, we it, you just kind of lick your wounds and move on.
0: Yeah, I'll still never forget that environment though. Um, our student section was massive. We had so many kids there, and the the gym was so loud. It was really fun. So loud. Yeah.
2: Yeah. The electricity was different. It was, it was. I mean, it felt like a March Madness game for sure. I mean, people. I mean, on both sides. I mean, there was nowhere to sit.
0: Yeah. I wanted it. I wanted You're, you guys stand- to have the chance to play against Bradley Beal and shamanad like in the For sure. Final Four or something, but they didn't even make it that far, so
2: No. Well what's crazy too is honestly I feel like well there everybody says, Well, why'd you play in the tournament champions? And you know, later like Willard teams have been played in the tournament champions champions and they might have played in it before. Yeah, but they did. I think um I think like no one kinda saw like people think like if people could like see the growth of our team. Like it changed so much in two years um, from the time that like Dusty Killingsworth got the head coaching job. Like, I mean, the dynamic of the team changed so much. I went from six foot to six, four in a month, you know? So I mean that, when does that happen? You know, it doesn't really happen. So I would have loved to play like on one of the biggest stages in, in the country, you know, but Basketball, like, I always tell people basketball was its best, um, you know, in the time of, like, Anthony Tolliver's and the Spencer Lawys and or the Lory brothers and Devin Mitchell's and Jim Grabowski and uh, Sam Singh. I mean, the list goes on. I mean, I, I – I, and then don't discount Willard because we had, you know, my brother John and mm-hmm. Tyler Ryerson and Alex Anderson. And, I mean, basketball was its strongest then. Uh, and then – like, when it got to our class, like, basketball was not as strong. Like, there was so much more, like, talent. Like, even, like, 2A through 5A it was just, like, any given night, it was just, like, you, you had six, eight guys. You know, it didn't matter. You know, they took pride in in going to a small school and and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and it was – basketball was just really good. Um, I'm not saying it's not good now, but it's just <laughs> – it was just probably the most competitive it it ever was, and mm-hmm. being able to be a part of that was just awesome. Yeah.
0: So then, yeah. Uh, at what point did recruiting start picking up for you?
2: So uh, I grew four inches. I, I made a team called uh Moken. It's one of the most prominent oh, yeah. AU teams in the Midwest. I mean, Michael Porter, Trey Young, Alex Burke, Alec Burks. Um, was kind of the first guy to go to the uh he wasn't the first guy to go to the league but he was uh he was Pac-12 freshman of the year I think he might have been player of the year as well um he was a Mocan guy he's from Grandview High School in Kansas City and he was kind of he was the big name right before I got there Willie Cully Stein I played with him he went to Kentucky and he's kind of been a journeyman in the league and um but you know that was kind of the start for me um so the month of July went from having zero offers to having like probably around like 15 and of those 15 like seven of them were d1 um I had some high major interest um but like at the time I think they were trying to push me towards prep um but it was just so new like you know prep schools are pro- popping up all over the place you mm-hmm. know um
0: much more common and, now. and
2: they're good and, and they're good you know it's. I mean, prep schools back then, you know, kids were playing basketball and didn't have class. Mm-hmm. You know, they they really honed in on making sure that there was the academic uh, integrity and having a an ac- high academic standard and preparing kids for higher learning. Um, so I was so unsure of that. So I, I didn't want to explore it. But I'd gotten letters from Wisconsin, um, Utah, uh or Roberts uh, just out of nowhere But so it was just kind of my first offer was Zoom KC I got it early in the summer um, and then after that it just kind of roll, started rolling uh,
1: I guess as a, rolling. as a Springfield native I've always grown up watching Missouri State so I kind of was mm-hmm. always, always a little bit curious what your relationship was with Missouri State and if there was any mutual interest between you guys <laughs> uh,
2: so I, I'm going to I'll have to be. I won't be as candid, because um, that was kind of tough for me being a local kid, um, not not being heavily recruited by Missouri State. Like there was interest. Um, I had a really good relationship with uh, some of the assistant coaches on staff. I had a really good relationship with Kyle Williams, um, uh, and that was that was awesome to be able to like have those relationships. I think people have to take into account, like, Konzo Martin was not meant to end his career at Missouri State. Yeah. And so he was preparing himself for the next phase. Right after he left there, I believe he went to Tennessee. Correct. So I wasn't really on his radar because they were going to have a big year. You know? It was – there was no doubt in anyone's mind that they were going to be successful. Um, And so – based on what he was looking for in the future, whether he was going to be there one more year or he was leaving right after the, uh, right after 2011 season. uh, I just wasn't what he wanted. Um, Now I had some opportunities to uh, transfer home. Uh,
0: Cutting out a little bit on us, Tim hear uh, I think it's better. Yep.
2: Yeah. So, um, I had, I had basically decided that it wasn't necessarily, um, a good idea for me to come home. Um, I, I, I mean, I didn't know what I, what people don't understand is in my first year at, at Northern Colorado, I put on 20 pounds. Um, over four years, I put on 80 pounds. So, I don't know that that would have been – that would have taken place if I would have been at Missouri State, nor can I guarantee that, like, I didn't have distractions being a local kid, you know, representing the city. And so you just – that's all, you know, what if this happened or could this have happened? Um, I was was a little disappointed about it, but I'm a Missouri State fan through and through. I got a couple guys um, that I have strong relationships with that have gone through the program after me. I got a strong relationship with the guys in the program now, um, kind of play like a big brother role. Um, I've been in the gym with some of them, training them and things like that. Uh, just trying to represent uh, this city well um, and just kind of staying attached to the game as, as long as I can. Um, I'm a bear. Like, I went to a school that mascot was a bear, um, and, I, and I support the Missouri State Bears. So – no hard feelings now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> were, were there any schools that were just right up there that, you know, were the last few that got cut from your list?
2: Uh, so at the time, um, Oral Roberts was really high on my list. Coach Sutton was um, – the the name Sutton, um, it, it, it's a line of – I mean, future Hall of Fame coaches, in my opinion. Uh, they've done some really good stuff. Uh, and and they, they had a team that went and beat um, – you know, KU a few years, um, before I graduated, like, I think in like the second round, um, early in the tournament, you know, so they had, I mean, they were, they had a culture, they had a community, um, that was really, you know, Missouri state, was interest. So they were always there. If they offered, there was a good chance I could have gone there, but Oral Roberts was, that was probably my number two. Mm -hmm. I'm being honest. Yeah.
0: Did anybody try to get you to walk on anywhere?
2: No, uh, no, that's not no one. Um, <laughs>
0: I'm just always curious you know, about like, that.
2: You know, like honestly, I you know you hear about those stories, like you know the Baker kids from Wichita State, you know, who just out of nowhere, you know, emerges as like a star, you know, and then he gets to the league. You know, I always wonder, like, if that could have been something for me, but you know, just kind of it wasn't it wasn't my wasn't my story, wasn't my journey, and for me, you know, coming from or having the financial background, you know, my family, and my parents work very hard, but my dad's in ministry. So, uh, you know, it's hard to make a huge financial income when that's not why you do it. I'll right. just put it that yeah. way. Yeah. Um, and, and being one of five kids, uh, like making, making sure I could secure a scholarship was something that, you know, I always wanted from the time that I was, probably 10 like yeah. it was i mean i wrote it i wrote it down so um so like with that being said i there was no chance i was walking on anywhere i mean i would have gotten a full ride at evangel and i would have taken it i mean it was all for me like today kids think they want to go big like yeah. i gotta go to the biggest school possible i want it's like what do you want to get out of it you know and for me it was i wanted to i wanted to be a college graduate you know i wanted to play college sports and fortunately enough I was able to go Division One, you know, and I got to play against guys that are in the league. I got to play against uh, high major schools and have success, um, and that was it. That was enough for me, you know. And then I got to go play overseas, so that was enough for me, you know. That was my experience, and I don't regret anything I've ever done, you know.
1: That was kind of a, a good introduction into a, qu- a question that I had wondered about. Was one of the best, you know, some of the best teams or players that you played against in college?
2: Huh. All right, uh so uh, top of the list can, can I can I answer that question for high school as well sure um, so the best high school player I ever played was uh Anthony Davis um, That's good. I played him at a tournament <laughs> just right down the road in Kansas yeah he's he's pretty good <laughs> so I got to play good <laughs> so I got to play with him I got to play against him um, it was the the uh, semifinals at a uh, Kansas City classic and uh, lost by 6 and then um, now going back to 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 college um, playing Damian Lillard my freshman year that was uh that was a eye-opening experience I mean he literally did the exact same thing he did in college in the league I mean there was there was no there was there was really no um, drop off for him. I mean, he just hit the ground running and never stopped to emerge as one of the best point guards in the NBA. Um, and then, uh, you know, I, I, I played against Royce white. A lot of guys don't know his story. Um, he was a Minnesota kid and, um, had to transfer for whatever reason. And then ended up at, um, he ended up at Iowa state Mm -hmm. and, uh, Actually, his um, my freshman year, you saw he and uh, Anthony Davis duel it out in the Elite Eight, and I actually we played them that year. So um, that, there was no one like him. I mean, he was a he was kind of a LeBron-esque guard. Like he could handle the ball. He was big, had some wheels. I mean, he could. If you could find the footage from that Kentucky Iowa State game, I mean, he put on. A display of what he could do so
0: he dominated the big 12 that season
2: oh absolutely absolutely he absolutely dominated the big 12 um I think uh we played against uh I played against uh Darius Johnson Odom he was from Wichita State or he's from uh he was actually from Marquette um he was one of the best I think he was a wooden watch guy, uh um candidate for a while um just kind of on the list uh that was my, also my freshman year. I played Wichita State when they were the playing meme team or whatever. So that was like clean Anthony Early. Um I mean that, that team was loaded. That was a great team. How oh about, my god, it was how
0: about the first game of your junior year at Northern Colorado.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> K State?
0: Yeah, at K State.
2: Man. At K State, yeah. That was uh that was crazy. I think I think like to this day, like no one No one, until you're there, like all the preparation you put in to like be in now and to like to put into one moment or one experience or one game, that was it. Um, That year, in terms of the culture of our team, like everybody everybody was dedicated to getting better. Um, I mean, I didn't go home the entire summer. Um, I was in really good shape. My role changed, but we were just very talented, very deep and then like it was bacon night (laughs) for the game (laughs) and uh it was like you know those are the games where you know we can get some money for the pro for for the athletics program you know they had no they I mean they didn't they had they they didn't think that we were going to come in there and, and beat them the crazy part is we only won by one but like we were up by like 12 with like two minutes left like They just kept going to the free throw line and we just kind of just grinded it out and you know in those environments where you got big 12 officials um you got you know their fans Mm -hmm. you got to be perfect you know you got to come together you got to take their runs because they're going to have them and the crazy part is they ended up beating like case uh they ended up beating ku that year i believe they were co-big 12 champs the year before We ended up, uh, they ended up beating Oklahoma state and like on ESPN, some of the analysts were like Northern Colorado actually might be one of the best teams in the country. (laughs) Like that was some of the, that was kind of, I mean, granted, (laughs) whatever, but that was some of the, that was some of the narrative. Um, That was kind of like, that was the buzz behind our team. It didn't go the way it was supposed to. Um, Tate Unruh had a, had a shot at the elbow to, to win the game. And misses it at the end of regulation. We we're playing Weber State second round of the Big Sky tournament at Weber State, and going to overtime, and they got their fans there, and we lose. And honestly, we we win that game. We win that game. We go to national. We go to the national tournament.
0: Yeah, I remember always I mean, I, tuning into the, the your conference tournaments, just hoping that you'd be able to uh, sneak into the NCAA tournament.
2: Yeah, yeah, it just didn't happen. Um, we got to play in the CIT that year, um, and, uh, that was a really, really, really good experience for us too. So, um, post-season in general, just awesome. So excited about that. And it's a cool opportunity as well.
0: Uh, I've got a little stat for you. I don't know if you're aware of this, but did you know that you were seventh in the nation, your senior year in two point field goal percentage
2: in college? Yeah. No. I had no idea
0: yep <laughs> seventh out of every player in, the, in d1
2: wow i was seventh in the nation for two, two point percentage yep Jeez. cool <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> well it's like that's just one of those things where like you don't get wrapped up in i mean like whenever like you enjoy just like the game itself you don't get wrapped up in stats and you want to win so you're just willing to do whatever it takes to win and um I kind of wish i would have known that <laughs> but cool
0: that's what separates the player from the people that do the podcast <laughs> sure go.
2: absolutely thanks for uh giving me that stat yeah no problem <laughs>
0: yeah um i'm ready to switch gears just a little bit and let's yeah. get something else go uh, ahead. tim can we talk about uh the dunking ref
2: <laughs> can we not <laughs> 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 okay yeah we can we can address the dunking ref.
0: It just uh mm-hmm. for the listeners just google dunking ref and you will see articles from ESPN Bleacher Report Fox News um everybody uh showing yeah. showing our guy Tim here uh throwing down a windmill yeah. at uh the National Homeschool Basketball Tournament right that you were reffing
2: yeah absolutely yeah so um at the time you know I was kind of in between um like career options like I was just I was done playing basketball. You just have to, re, you have to try to find yourself as an athlete, you know, at, like life after sports, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was just repping, um, repping a tournament, just really grinding it out. I, I probably repped like 20 plus games. Um, and so I got to ref the last night and I was getting egged on forever. Like, there was just like kids like, dunk it, dunk it, dunk it. I'm like, eh. <laughs> and finally, finally, it was like, Okay, well, what you know what it is today with everybody in their cell phones. Yeah. Literally, almost everybody in the gym has their cell phone out, and I mean, and from there it took off. I mean, to put things into perspective, like I was, it happened. It was like really cool experience. From the time I got home, there was eight uh, eight hundred thousand views on House of Highlights. <laughs> that that was that was that was uh that was 40 that was 45 minutes
1: that's nuts i remember seeing and what's that. crazy i didn't even
2: know what's it was crazy him. about yeah <laughs> yeah what's great what's crazy is so that so two things what's crazy is everybody thought it was my brother john because we look alike um and then number two and then number two um everybody um like they, they, I had dunked it at the courts because they rent like every gym in the area, so I had dunked it, and I had done, and I have the footage. I had done a three sixty windmill, right? They sent that to them and they wouldn't post it. They, they were like, eh, whatever." But then, like, you get into you know Hammond Student Center with all those people that were there, and the kids, the way the kids are responding to it, and you add that to, I mean, it was just so genuine. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I mean, it, you can't like, you know, people that, uh, they create content, you mm-hmm. know, um, trying to create something that will sell. Um, I mean, there was, it was, it was all pure, like, and that yeah, was, you can't what just was so force great. something
0: to go, go viral like that.
2: Yeah. And I didn't want to do it. That was crazy. <laughs> I had no desire to do it. <laughs> like that. So that was really cool. Um, I'm going to, I guess I'm going to, I'm going to, Spark actually like I got a buddy who is an uh he's a Facebook marketing director, does really, 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 really well. And he's been like he's like, Tim, I know you have like vertical jump programs, things you've experienced, like build your own vertical jump program. So uh that may be coming in the future, not too long from now. Um, we're actually kind of figuring out the legal side of it and then um and then actually like building the content um here in the actually in the next Couple months, nice. um, so that I, I didn't want to do it, you know. Um, but I mean, sometimes you can leverage like an experience or you know a video, I guess. Yeah. So,
0: <laughs> so you had already played overseas for a little while at this point.
2: Yeah, I would already played overseas.
0: Where did you? I wasn't really familiar with your overseas career. Can you tell us just a little bit about sure. it? Sure.
2: So my my career was very 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 limited. Um, it was. Um, it was kind of – the market was down. They were dealing with um, some financial stuff in Europe, just overall just figuring out currency. And um, I ended up playing at NOC's Potalemni. Um, it's in Greece, or it's, a, it's an island off the coast of Greece between Greece and Turkey. Uh, that was my only season that I got to play, which is crazy. Um, and um, – it was great. Like, I mean, it was a great experience. I, I made all import team, um, average 15, seven and six, I believe. Um, I got to playing like an all-star game over there, um, but it was just short-lived uh, that it sometimes, you know, you work hard and you spend your whole life doing something and sometimes you need a little bit of luck. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I guess I, did, I ran out. So <laughs> uh, it happens. I still love the game. I still, I mean, I got to walk away from the game, or the, I mean, it, I felt like it was kind of taken away from me. But I also have like my ankles and my knees, right. and you know, m- most guys have these catastrophic injuries uh, in their careers, and you know, I can go play, I can go play today and and be fine, and um, and not, you know, I, I didn't have, I didn't have such something so traumatic where. I don't get to play basketball anymore. You know, um, I still get to play the game. So
0: that's a perfect segue. Uh, talking about playing today, I think if I'm not mistaken, you've been in the gym a little bit with Anton Brookshire and our yeah. listeners, uh, would love to hear any insight you have about Anton's game. Cause he's headed to Columbia.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he's a talented kid, very talented kid. Uh, I think like what people like he shoots the ball.
0: We're losing you a little bit, Tim. Am I
2: you got me? Uh maybe. Am I there?
0: Yeah, I think
2: we're good. Yep. Good. Um I think like what separates him the most is his ability um to kind of Um, his approach to the game. I think mentally he's a lot more mature than most 16, 17-year-old boys, you know. Um, He goes in. I mean, it's like bring your lunch pail to work um, and and let's go. Um, That's something that, you know, I can say sometimes you get distracted. You know, I can say that I got distracted a couple times in my youth um, and just – understanding that like this could be a livelihood. You know, I mean that's what separates guys who are playing basketball for a very, very long time and guys who have my career. <laughs> you know? Um so Anton is a he's very, very talented. He's um and it's and it's it's not just it's not just, you know, his skill set, but mentally I think he just sees the game. Like he just sees the game as a business. Um and, and if he approaches it that way, you know, throughout his, the rest of his career, wherever it ends, he, I mean, sky's the limit. I mean, he's a, he's a top 100 ESPN player for that reason, mm-hmm. in my opinion.
0: Yeah. We're definitely you know? excited I to mean, watch the, him.
2: Yeah. There's, there, I think, I think really what people, people don't get to see, you know, you get to see a little bit on social media, but what people don't get to see is like the hours that he's probably in the gym that no one knows. Um, you know, he's a gym rat. He's a gym rat. Um, I have a decent relationship with Rob Yanders, who's a who's a basketball guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he's dedicated himself to the game and giving back to this community. He's a SMS grad or Missouri State grad. Um, he's instilled that in him. Um and done a really good job just kind of keeping him grounded and and, and, and kind of polishing, polishing and putting him in a position to be successful. So, um, there's, I mean, you know, he's working for sure.
0: Yeah. We're, we're, we get to see him next year in the tournament of champions. So, um, yeah, that he he put on a show against Oak Hill this past season as a junior. So that was really fun to watch. So yeah, we're definitely really excited.
2: Yeah. I think that kind of solidified that top 100 ESPN deal. Um, he proved that he could play with some of the nation's best talent, and what better to have a coming out party against like a team as as that has the lineage of talent that they've yeah. had in um, Oak Hill. You know, I mean, top of the list in my opinion is Carmelo Anthony, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and and then and then it goes on from there. So, you know, that's just kind of one of those things where, uh, I mean, he. He did. He did his. He did his job, and now he gets to reap the reward from it.
1: Yeah, we've had a little bit of communication with Rob Yanders at the Tournament of Champions, um, and he just seems like a like you said a really good mentor to uh, to Anton, and kind of got got him in the right mindset. So that's that's really good to hear. And um, the way you described him just really seems to align really well with what Kanta Martin would be looking for, probably in a player, and um, that just makes a lot of sense why they were why they were a match.
2: Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Um, and, and I think, too, like, if we could go back and talk about my recruiting and, like, not having Conzo Martin be so interested in me, um, that's a, I think that's some of it. I think just seeing, like, like my background and his background are entirely different. I'm not saying that he's more talented than I am. I'm not saying that he's, um, like, had, a, had more upside. It, what he's had to go through um, and, and where he comes from, Um, that's the type of kid that Conzo recruits, you know, and he wants tough, hard-nosed kids, and he didn't get an opportunity to see that. So, you know, Anton's a tough kid, you know. Um, You know, just – I mean, he he had a really – he had a major loss this year and and persevered through that. I don't know if you guys know that. He Mm -hmm. lost his mother. So, Mm -hmm. um, to be able to go through that and then still be able to perform and be successful – I mean, it speaks volumes to him as him as a man, honestly. Yeah. To so he as a man. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, Kyle, I think uh, Tim's done a fantastic job answering all of our questions. Yeah, do you have you any, fantastic,
1: else? fantastic job. Um, you really answered all <laughs> my questions, that's for sure. Um, I think that's really all I had.
0: The only other thing I have is, do you remember uh, Coach Davis's psychology class senior year of high school?
2: Yeah, I got in trouble all the time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we kind of had a little like
0: corner of the room that didn't really pay attention too well.
2: Yeah, Jimmy Davis was my guy. Yeah, <laughs> um yeah, I got in trouble all the time. It, I was a clown. I'm surprised I graduated high school, but fortunately enough, it takes a village.
1: Yep.
0: Well, Tim, we really appreciate it. Uh, we won't take any more of your time. Um,
2: uh, thank, thank you for having me, this guys. Was I appreciate any time. Yeah, thank you so much. Anytime. Yeah. All right.
0: We'll talk to you later. Yep. Good luck to you, man. All right. All right see, see you
2: guys. See you, Cam, the producer. See ya. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we're back. And that was an interview with Tim Huskisson. It was a lot of fun, like we said. And uh, Kyle, you kind of wanted to go over a couple of the topics maybe uh, in a little bit more detail and reflect a little bit on our discussion.
1: Yeah. I thought he said some really interesting things. Um, You know one of the reasons that we wanted to have him on here was just to kind of give us some insight from what you know a division one athlete's perspective what's it like to go through um your recruiting process and you know what what was your relationship like with certain coaches and so obviously us being mizzou fans we were interested in his relationship with conzo martin um, who was the coach at missouri state at the time whenever he was graduating so um, you
0: saw his reaction immediately when you brought up missouri state it was just kind of like, oh, yeah.
1: yeah it was an interesting year, um, and he, and he detailed it uh, pretty well. But um, Kanza Martin was probably knew he was he was heading heading to the next level. Um, I think they only had one or two commits that came in that year, um, and it was interesting that he talked about Kanza looking for such a specific player, and uh, and that Tim admitted I wasn't really that player he was looking for, and uh, you know he's looking for those guys who have. Uh, who are tough and uh, have really been through experience, you know those life experiences and gone through adversity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting when we're considering um, certain players out there that may not hold a Mizzou offer, and uh, it truly may just be because it's, it's you know something a connection that Konzo doesn't feel with with that player um, or players. So um, you know that there's more to recruiting than just offering every player that's good that's close to you geographically um sometimes the coach may really feel like there's a certain type of player they're going after um whether you feel like that's right or wrong or whether i feel like it's right or wrong it's definitely something that happens Mm -hmm. and and coaches are are looking for a certain kind of player on the court and off the court yeah
0: yeah it's interesting to i don't want to extrapolate too much off of what tim said but um you know any information like that just kind of lets you see things through a slightly different lens or changes your lens just a little bit, um, for how you're, for how I'm digesting recruiting news in 2020. Um, and obviously coach Martin is not the same coach that he was when he was at Missouri state or when he was at Tennessee or when he was at Cal and, uh, you have to hope that he's grown and developed, um, along the way. So, but I mean, just hearing that from, from Tim that back in uh, 2011, that's that type of player what him looking for that type of player is basically you know what we see holding true in his time at missouri now i don't think uh michael porter jr and jonte porter went through i don't think they had two terribly adverse upbringings um so there obviously comes a point where talent uh supersedes that fit uh And part of that probably has to do with how long a player expects to be on campus. Um, You could probably, you know, this is going to vary from coach to coach, but if I were a coach, I could put up with um, one year of maybe a bad attitude in an uber talented player that's going to be a one and done a lot easier than I could put up with a bad attitude from a four-year guy who may not start till his junior year.
1: Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, Obviously, it was really interesting to hear him talk about um, Anton Brookshire and their relationship. Um, Again, it just seems like the way he described Anton made perfect sense exactly why Konzo really wanted to go out and get this guy. Um, They clearly have a connection. Um, And, you know, we we kind of felt that, um, at least from an outsider's perspective, that they were just a match. And uh, it really seems like that is definitely the case, um, that they just kind of philosophically feel the same way about basketball, maybe about life.
0: Yeah, and Tim kind of presented Anton as an incredibly hard worker and something that you you can't see just from going to games or um, watching the Tournament of Champions or something like that. Now you can see the result of all that hard work. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know he described a, a kid that is absolutely going to put in the effort to be the very best he can be. And obviously, if you are a top 100 type player and you have bring that attitude along with you instead of, um, a poor attitude, then you're going to be noticed by a lot more coaches. You're going to get playing time earlier. You're just going to be more successful. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. Nothing. I mean, I don't, Tim wouldn't have potentially wouldn't have told us anything too terribly bad about Anton, but, um, Tim's pretty honest. And I think I'm just really happy about everything that he said about, uh, that future Mizzou guard. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. I think as a Mizzou fan, you got to be excited about that for sure.
0: I think I said like three times that we were excited (laughs) for Anton to be in Columbia and just to watch him next year in the tournament of champions. Um, well, Kyle, that was our first interview in the books. Um, went pretty uh, well. Yeah.
1: Hopefully you guys enjoy that. I know it's, you know, not like a former Mizzou player or anything like that, but you know, I think he, he really provided some nice insight. Um, that uh, well, I think is very relevant and uh, hopefully is very interesting.
0: Yeah, uh, this episode more than any, uh, we would really appreciate your feedback. Uh, let us know if this is something that you uh, like and want to see more of. Um, obviously, we will. This is about as furthest from Mizzou as we would ever go with an interview. Uh, just to try to keep it on topic. But uh, yeah, if that's something that you uh, enjoyed? Just let us know. And we'll be in the comments of the YouTube video to chat with everyone. And uh, we want to tell
1: everybody where they can find us. As always, uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. We are on YouTube. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Mizzou Sports Pod. You can email us at Pod at com.
0: I'm waiting for the day when I say, you want to tell them where they can find us? And Kyle just says, no. (laughs) No, I don't want to do it. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for listening. Yes, Kyle? Huh? Uh, I thought you were going to say something.
1: Oh, no, absolutely not. I would never do that on a podcast.
0: We will see you next week.